Online. Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. Thank you once again for joining us. You can hear the vacuum in the background because as you might be able to tell from the crummy sound quality, we are on the road in Squaw Valley, California, on site for the Western States 100 Mile, which starts in just about 14 hours time. I am here with a true superstar of the nascent ultramarathon media world. <laughs> You've seen him at the finish line of many of the great trail runs on the West Coast, and he is, of course, the host of ultrarunnerpodcast.com. Please welcome to the Pain Cave, Eric Strands. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, Jay. Thanks for thanks for welcoming to your uh, to your vast studio compound. <laughs> You sound a lot better <laughs> on this microphone than I do. We're we're working off of my brand new crappy little travel mic, which is it looks like a very nice, uh, it's adorable. It, it's like a little spaceship. Yeah, but we're also sitting about four and a half feet away from each other, if that, not even. We'll make anyway, it work. we'll 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 make it do. We are at least one of us here is a professional. Eric, Western States, twelve hours away, fourteen hours away. Um, <sighs> This is, I'm, I, look, this is not, we're not going to release this until next week. So yeah. I, I don't want to get into like, you know, the whole rigmarole yeah. about who's going to win and everything else. But it's a fun topic, though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, you know, I did that already earlier this week. And also, we're going to have the same answers, I'm sure. But for the record, you think we're going to have the same answers? I don't know. All right. Uh, well, so let's, let's, all right. Hmm. Let's spend a couple of minutes doing this first then. Uh, give me, what do you want to do? You want to give me your top three men and women? I will give you podiums. Give me podiums. Not in any particular order. That's but fine. Podiums. That's fine. I'm going podium um, for the men. I'm going to have uh, Francois, Jim, and Chris Brown. Chris Brown from uh, mm-hmm. San Diego. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah, He's close. been training his balls off. Yeah, He had a great Canyons 100K yep. six weeks ago, whenever that was. Smart runner. He has the heat element down. Um, and I think he's going to be a, a dark horse. And then for the ladies, ah, boy. Um I've got uh, Courtney, sure, and Ailsa McDonald, sure, and I don't. I I I think Stephanie is probably in fantastic shape. So probably Stephanie, but Ailsa definitely up there. So Courtney and Ailsa were the two that I kind of picked out yeah. when we did this earlier in the week. Um, and I also didn't really feel terribly strongly about a third. I would love to pick Casey. I have no idea yeah, what kind I, of. I don't know. Fit, I don't think anyone knows where her fitness is right now. And even if her fitness is great, she's. She's unfortunately going to have that thing in her head that knows if she pushes too hard, she may be out for another year. Yeah. And that is a horrible thing to have in your head. And I don't know if she's got it or not, but. Lucy uh, Bartholomew is one that I didn't mention earlier in the week, but she could, she might be the one. She's a wild, wild card to me. I just don't know enough about her. I know she, I know of her results and everything, but. Right. Right. I know it's not summer in Australia. (laughs) That's an excellent point. Yeah. Think about that. Francois is. I think almost everybody's pick. I I don't like him on this course. I I, I mean, I just yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. know. He's don't a know. he's probably the smartest, the smartest yep. one out there yep. in the, the the top few with the most experience. But I I just don't know how he's going to do on a on a downhill course in the heat. I mean, it's I know I've said this many times. It's it's not a mountain course. I mean, he's the no. best mountain runner in the world. It's it's not UTMB. It's not. Diagonal de Foo, it's nothing like that. It's this is a course for road runners or track runners or you know, to to a, a large extent, I think. Especially the way it goes now. Talk with... to Camille about that. Okay, fair. Fair. But 
I mean, the way we've seen on the men's side in recent years with Rob, with Jim, I mean, mm-hmm. these guys with just impeccable track and flat speed yeah. credentials. And, you know, it's not like Francois has nailed this race in the past. It's, you know, he, I don't know. I, I, I feel like an idiot picking against him. I just don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the time that we expect him to come into each aid station is going to be significantly slower than, than what we expect. I think they're going to be smart and be, be holding back. And be on, um, the, uh, on the Ian Sharman, Jeff Browning plan. Yeah, and, and Ian, Ian always has, has a crowd running with him because he's the smartest pacer out there. And I think that there's going to be a lot of that, and then all hell's going to break loose right. at Michigan Bluff. Right. Uh, Tim Frerichs is the one that I have yep. for my... It's a, he's a hard one to bet against. A yeah. really hard one to bet against. Yeah. I mean, Chris is a great call. I, I get nervous with people who have not gone mm-hmm. uh, Very. the distance before and have not gone on this course before. And I guess Tim fits that bill as well, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that overseas experience, he's won huge races and he's smart. And, and, and I think the group as a, as a, uh, the Cowboys running together, or if they're not together, I think that's going to benefit them a lot. I mean, if somebody's down, I can envision Jim running past him and saying, come on, buddy. And running together and having that kind of pacer thing with your teammate, I just see really benefiting them. My other guy in the top 10 is, is a Corey Waltering. Um, another one who I, I, Unbelievable credentials. Nervous about the distance. I'm nervous about the course. He's run 100 before. He's ran, he ran Keys 100. Okay, um, and, and that's so, hot. so he's been there. Yeah, and he can handle the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I, I, he's not gonna he's not gonna be in the top three. But um, I, I I think he can. I'd really like to see him too because I like Corey a lot. I think he's, he's a, a great smart guy. runner, cool guy. And and I and he, through his protests, I'm gonna keep begging him to move to California to move to the West Coast. He belongs on the West Coast. All right. Well, let's... Fine. So, <laughs> that, or the East Coast. Fine. That's Go as, to the East Coast. That's as good a place to start as any. All right. Because, like I said, I, I wanted this, you know, the, the we'll all know what has happened by the time anyone yeah, hears yeah, this yeah. podcast. So, yeah, yeah. while I want to take the opportunity, since I have you here, to talk about some of these kind of things, kind of state of the sport kind of things, yeah. uh, and some issues that we touched on briefly just before... That yeah. have come up recently, but East Coast, West Coast, and Mid Midwest. That's yeah. That's as good a place to start as any. We yeah. we I had done a, a an episode on this earlier in in the year about kind of the perceived West Coast bias, yeah. quote unquote. I remember that. Yep. And and actually, Corey was the jumping off point when that article in, in Outside Magazine, where basically he said, you know, it's not that he's black, it's not that he's gay, that he feels discriminated against. <laughs> he's in Chicago, he's from Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. You want him to move to the West Coast? Why? He's a West Coast guy because that's where the fast people are, or because I, I mean, want him to move to to either the East Coast or the West Coast. I guess I should say I want to move someplace where just there for, are more for notoriety. No, I want where where there's more where he has access to more um, elite races. Okay, he can, he can he can improve his standing, sponsors that sort of thing, but really race against faster people. And I don't think I could be completely wrong. I don't think he's a technical runner. I think he's more of a California, like a West Coast Trail type of runner, right? I mean, from the results we've seen so far, for sure, yeah. he, he's he excels on the flat and, and fast. I'd love, and to, I'd love to see him just race more, just race more against top guys. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. Now we need to be careful because Kyle here is also from Chicago, so we can't disparage oh, Chicago. All right. Uh, and they do. It is a great city, although they make terrible pizza. Um, <laughs> so, but what about the what about this idea of West Coast, and I don't want to belabor this because honestly, I get tired of this whole West Coast bias argument. Yeah. And 
to me, there's a large degree of like a, a, a chicken or the egg element to it. I mean, you know, I listen to your show, obviously, religiously. The, you know, there are tons of people that you have on the show that are now living in Oregon, Colorado, Utah, uh, California, yep. wherever it is, that grew up on the East Coast and, you know, in many cases started their careers on the East Coast. Yeah. And for many, many times it's because of just, you know, life itself or your job or your family or whatever it is, they made their way west. And a lot of times it, it is because of the opportunity, mm-hmm. the ability to run against higher, better competition on different kind of trails if, if you're, you know, not necessarily suited for East Coast running or so, something like that. So to me, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like we say that the best runners are on the West Coast. That means more of the best runners go there. Mm-hmm. We cover the those races with, you know, more... There's more uh, media, there's more sponsors there. Right, because, so there's more runners there. So because, there's more media, more that, Right, because the media is interested in those sure. runners. And, and it just it's this self-fulfilling cycle. Do, do we need to do anything to break this? Or, I mean... Where do we just go where the where the eyeballs are, where the clicks are? Well, if we are going um, if we're going on on uh, on on trends and patterns right now, we're going to open up um, certain spots that are only available to East Coast runners. I kid, of course, but um, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a fair it's a it's I know the arguments and it's just the, the, the I don't know how to answer it. I mean, just the facts are is that there's faster runners on the West Coast. There's more races. There's more opportunities there's more sponsors. Chicken or the egg, I don't know. Yeah. But but just the facts are faster runners, West Coast, more media, more attention on the West Coast. And we're counting West Coast for Colorado. Right, we're counting West Coast, right. It's into a very the, broad into mountain, coast. Yeah. Into the mountain zone and everything else. Yeah. And part of it's, you know, weather and part of it's topography. I is mean, flag stuff West Coast to you? I, I mean, look, Colorado is not on the West Coast. Right. Arizona is not on the West Coast. But, but do you but guys yes, consider for this, East Coast? Con- okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just yeah, curious. For okay. sure. Yeah, and I would include Utah. You yeah, know, I, I understand. Yeah, Utah, but for some reason, I don't think Flagstaff is. But I mean, it's, I it's certainly more west than Utah. Sure, but it just seems mentality-wise and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, look, <laughs> I don't, I don't presume to speak for anybody, but I would, <laughs> yeah, certain, and especially with the you know amount of coverage that the the Utah, the Arizona guys have gotten recently, I think they yes. kind of get lumped into that category yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, enough of that. I, like I said, that that topic. While I enjoy the debate, it gets tiresome for me. Let's talk about something that I know you feel strongly about and also very frustrated about. Let's talk a little bit about drug use in the sport. Yeah. And let's frame this maybe because we are here at Western States and we can kind of blow this into a, a bigger conversation after this about kind of the role that Western State plays in the sport. But Western States last year, last year came out with the last drug year. policy yeah. where they are testing the top 10 finishers at their own expense, basically, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a, a wonderful step as leaders in the sport for them to kind of come forward and make this declaration that they are serious about having clean athletes participate. I know this is using a, quote. Yeah, I didn't see your yeah, quotes. No, no, you didn't see my quote. You can Jason's hear, doing you can quotes hear it, with his hands. You can hear it dripping from my voice. Okay. This has been, I know, a source of endless frustration for you. What do you think is the is, is this the model by which we need to take the next step against drug use? Is it is it be, is it are the race directors and the race organizers of large races? Is it in their lap? Are they beholden to doing this, or does this need to come? I mean, without we're a sport without a definite governing body. I For mean, sure, have, yeah. And and the it's, governing body that we do have doesn't seem that 
fired up Cap- about doing this sort capable of thing. Capable. Well, and, and a lot of it comes yeah. down to funding and everything else, for sure. And that the argument is always, uh, the argument that's made is always the, who's going to pay for it. But right. while that's the argument, is is the answer the races have to pay for it? Otherwise, I have, uh, my, my position on drug use has changed drastically over the past just very, very few years. Um, whereas a few years ago, I was very, very hardline that these are the rules we must abide by and period. We got to figure out who's going to be testing it, and these people need to be banished from the from the sport forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like that. I'm not. I mean, I, I I just can't feel that strongly anymore. With so many contradictions in what is allowed and what is not allowed. Um, and okay. speaking to a physician, I'm going to get in trouble here. But but it, no, it not doesn't. But it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that some people are banned for one thing, while other much more seemingly insidious drugs are used and and that is perfectly fine so i can't find myself i i I refuse to sit there and say these people tested positive for some drug i frankly know nothing about Mm -hmm. and and they're going to be banned and and banished for life um but you can you can fill yourself up on on 4200 milligrams of ibuprofen Mm -hmm. and whatever other weird drugs you want to take and that's fine it doesn't make sense so is it so? What's changed your thinking? Is it the therapeutic use exemption huge, issue? Huge. TUVs okay. are, are the where do you, number one where do you problem. Stand on TUVs? It, I can't be hardlined on that because because I mean TUVs. Well, we should. Your audience knows what TUVs are. TUVs Actually, are maybe they don't. Are, are TUVs <laughs> are are um, I'm not allowed to use I'm not allowed to use X drug because it's on the banned list. But Jay can because he has a physician friend who wrote him a script that says that he has a pancreatic problem so he can now take these drugs and now we're competing be, against each other thrilled to meet my physician friend well <laughs> okay right no so the, it, it, the, that that's a horrible explanation but <laughs> the tue the therapeutic use exemption exists so that people with legitimate medical problems that require some medication that would otherwise be banned can still compete if they're taking it for a legitimate medical reason that is what it's supposed to be for that's right and in theory that sounds fantastic Makes sense. and I don't, I have a very hard time with TUEs and Dr. My, Brown, uh, just Google Wall Street Journal, Dr. Brown, Nike, Galen Rupp, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. And not to pick on Galen, but whatever. I'm never going to meet Galen and I can pick on him. That's fine. But th- I have a very hard time with it because it is, I think there is so much evidence that it is a system that gets abused oh, and manipulated. And it's. My, my gut feeling as an athlete is just don't use, just don't have them. And, and unfortunately, so if you need, yeah. if you have asthma, oh, well, you know, you can't, you, you're still not allowed to use your asthma medication and maybe you won't compete here. But as a physician, that sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. And I, I'm going to take it a step further and kind of combine a few of the other issues that I think are silly with it. Um, one, one thing that I think is, is nuts. I'll go back to ibuprofen. You can take ibuprofen. You can take all sorts of synthetic things you want. But you, but under water rules, you can't take anything that is legal in California and other states, and that's that's cannabis. You can't take anything like that. But you can, through if you've got, and this is where I, I, I run the risk of of, of uh, minimizing something, and I'm not. But if you, if if you're suffering from some um, from from clinical depression, sure. you can you can take certain things that are going to get that are going to make you feel better. Sure. But I can't. Right. And that again doesn't, well, you have a doctor friend, doesn't make 
it doesn't it just doesn't make sense and it and i'm not saying that there needs to be a a a, a hard and fast line that everybody must abide by what i'm saying is that there isn't a good answer there's not a these are the rules there should be i just don't have an answer it's like talking about gun control or abortion there's just yeah there doesn't seem to be something that makes complete sense as we're as we're talking and and you're bringing up these points it it, it's starting to remind me of the um uh, kind of the gender uh, assignment issue uh, for lack of a better term but for genetically yes. um what do you do with caster it for caster what do you exactly. do? i mean what it, it's it's a question that really has no good answer yeah and that is very emotional and gets people well that one for really sure emotional yeah. and and as i was just reading earlier today you know science is not fixing this problem like this it's not it's not a, a black and white issue it, to, to use that example of the XXXY, whatever it is, androgen sensitive, there's a there's a wide spectrum of people right. who have different genetic backgrounds or makeups, and those genes get expressed in a very a, I don't want to say haphazard, but a very variable way. And so it's not as easy as looking at somebody's genetic code and determining right. what their advantage is and what their advantage isn't. Right. Now, by the same token, clearly some people are, are getting a genetic advantage oh, and, yeah. and running against women and Look, if, if and, you don't And think, recognizing that is not anger or no, hate. Exactly. It's just recognizing she's got a, Castro Semenya has got a tremendous advantage. Yes, yes. And what if to you, do about it? I don't know. And, right. So then, do we no longer separate men and women into races? <laughs> don't do, know. I don't know. I don't know either. Right. You know, I don't think it's fair to, well, I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But what, what I'm saying is that the 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 issues that you're bringing up in terms of doping and drug use are starting to become kind of a parallel issue in which there are there are like you say many different gradients of what people can use and will use and you know that's that's only going to get worse as we get into what we people are calling gene doping and it's, that sort of thing you think How this is, is bad yeah wait 20 years wait when somebody's 10 yeah exactly it's you know exactly. as we isolate these kind of genetic components to different you know yeah. parts of athletic success how how should we allow that? Should we just it's kind a droid. of allow? You're racing it? a droid now. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna get it, this is gonna get worse. It's before gonna make it gets EPO better. look adorable. <laughs> it is. It's gonna make it look quaint. And look, and then on <laughs> on both sides, on if you look at Caster or you know other folks who have you know quote unquote some sort of genetic uh, advantage, some people would say good for them. You know yeah. that's a gift, yeah. just like strength Big and lungs. speed and everything right. else, right? Right. But at the same time, is that fair? I don't know. Not a question that we're going to solve. I am happy I'm not one deciding that. For sure. But, okay, having said all that, we can't just say, I mean, it can't be the Wild West. We can't just say we don't know how to solve the drug problem and therefore we, should we shouldn't do anything. Right. right? I mean, there I has agree. to be something. I agree. And so what... Where's I, that I, line? I know neither of us have the answer. What do you think is the, the next step? Is it just getting a better definition as to what is and isn't legal. I mean, you bring up the ibuprofen. That's a great, that's a great point. I don't think anyone would argue that it should be banned like EPO or, you know, a, a anabolic steroid or anything like that. But you're right. It is a... Any benefit I a, get from, from using cannabis while I, while I train is, is widely available in other forms legal sure. underwater. And that just doesn't make sense to me. Right. That that's not allowed. This natural form is not allowed, but all these synthetic ones, those are fine. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. 
and you know, there's no way to, t- and there's no test for it's ibuprofen. Tough. There's no <laughs> test for it. It's, it's exactly, exactly, it's who exactly, cares? exactly. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one, and I don't know. I just don't know the answer because you're looking at intent. You're looking at, I mean, the, you know, the three-legged stool of the TOE process. You've got to have honest, honest physicians. You've got to have honest athletes. You got, you know, you got to have all this, and it, it's a, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird place we are right now, and, and we were at the same place two years ago, right? And it hasn't. It hasn't got worse. Right. I don't think so. I mean, it's not like they're testing and finding all these drug problems. Right. I don't think it's getting worse. Um, and there is more money in the sport now. Right. So that's good. Right. Those are not going parallel. That, that, right. That it that's does, good. It, as the money comes in, you're saying it doesn't seem like we're seeing right. an increase in right. bad actors necessarily. Right. right. That doesn't seem to be getting worse. What do you think about... I mean, a lot of people have made kind of clean athlete pledges online and that sort of thing. Like those are hysterical. Well, they're in good faith, I guess. There, there's nothing behind them. Clean but, athlete. But again, you're going to fill up on, on pharmaceuticals and all sorts of crap okay. and call yourself Le- a clean athlete. Well, leaving that aside. <laughs> what I mean, what do you think about having the athletes pay for testing? I, years ago, we, we, we had a, a similar conversation and said it would be really cool if the teams did it, if the sponsors said... This is the New Balance that, team. That would be cool. And we've independently tested them, whatever. And these guys are clean. What are they clean of? I, I don't know. But call it clean. And everybody's clean. Just period. Right. Here we are. We're putting this out there. You going to be up next? Ultra, Hoka, whoever it's going to be? And, right. and and kind of make it an organic, kind of a, a grassrootsy. I mean, I know it would be self, um, uh, self, not policing, but... Uh, th- there'd be a lot of areas where it could get it can get messy, but it would be a really great start. Yeah, and um, I think it would it would do really good for the community. But nobody's nobody's doing that. What all that I'd like to see the, mm-hmm. the, the most simple answer for me. Yeah, would be to have race directors indicate on their just boldly on their website, "This is our policy." Okay, and it can be from. We have no policy, mm-hmm. and it could be we follow WADA guidelines, and it could be if you've ever if you've ever tested positive under any WADA things, you can never race in our race, mm-hmm. and it can be we're going to do random testing at the end, mm-hmm. but but just but just state it, mm-hmm. just have it out there what it is, and that see I mean it's that's easy, yeah. All that's doing is communicating with the you know with with the the, the community. This is how the race director feels, and this is how this race is going to be going to be handled. But instead, we have nothing i mean mm-hmm. there's a few races who say we're clean sport we're this and that but not 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 many mm-hmm. not many yeah so i like to see and it's easy that's i mean that's a start at least it's a start you gotta, you gotta do something yeah and that seems to make sense okay so we're here in squaw like i said where we just came from the western states briefing and, and heard from many of the members of the board who you know put in a ton of work getting this this <laughs> fantastic event ready tell me a little bit i mean you're you're obviously much more plugged into this scene around here than I am. But Western States obviously has taken on, I feel like, a, a, a huge amount of importance, obviously, nationally, but not just among runners and, and fans of the sport, but among race directors as well. And, yeah, and, for and sure. they, they've become, whether they asked for it or not, kind of the bellwether of yeah, the I sport agree. in this country. Yeah. And as Brian was saying earlier this morning, just flipping through the, the race guide, he was like, every other race basically just takes 
all the rules that Western states has put in place. And those are those are rules now for almost every race in the country, because this is the way that Western it's states a great does board. It. Yeah, it, it is a great yeah. board and it's a great yeah. event. But do you see problems with the role of primacy that this race has now where they're basically setting policy almost for an entire sport? Does that give you any pause as to or concern? No, as to, no, I mean, the, no, I mean, they're not. No, nobody has to at all. No, but just by. Right. And, and like I said, it's not necessarily something they've asked for, but just by by the fact that they are kind of the leaders of the industry, so to speak, and because what they when they make decisions, so many people pay attention. I, I'm, I'm not saying I necessarily no, see a problem no, with I it. It's, it's just a, they their yeah. their role gets kind of seems like it grows more and more important each year. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine a situation where that's a bad thing. I mean, it's if they were making. Um, their decisions seem to be its decisions. The board uh, seems yeah, to be whatever. seems to be <laughs> um, uh, thought out, deliberate, um, and they, they make sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there hasn't. Maybe it's just my perspective, but I, I haven't seen them make a decision that I that I really really disagree with. Where I say that is a uh, they, they seem very deliberate. They thought out and deliberate. They don't do anything quickly. Mm-hmm. They do it and they issue it and they and that's just it's tight. Well, you have the board is seven attorneys on it, I think. Probably it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's airtight. Yeah, decisions. Yeah. that come down like that. Um, no, no, I think I think uh, I think it's a good thing that that somebody that, that a board like that is is not setting precedents but setting a, a good standard. Let's talk briefly about one controversy that came up this week with yeah. one of the board's decisions. There are because two. It, Right. Well, I, I don't want to talk okay. about anything you don't feel comfortable with. But the the one that That's you had, had um, highlighted on the on your uh, Ultra Runner podcast website yeah. was um, the issue with a blind runner who had applied for a special consideration entrance to the right to the so basically for I I can't imagine there are any of the fifteen people who are listening to this that don't know all about the, <laughs> the entry procedures for Western states, but it's obviously very very difficult to get in, and the board does reserve a certain number of very few spots for people who can apply for special consideration for special need or, or circumstance. and or For the good of the sport, there's a few right. different reasons. right? And, and they make very clear on their website that A, these are rare circumstances right. that they will consider, and B, this is all completely at their discretion. And there are no bones made about that, I don't right. think. I think that's very clear. So an issue came up because a visually impaired runner applied this year for special consideration. I think under the, basically his argument was he's, he's quickly losing his vision and does not anticipate being able to do this in the future and, and continue to chase a, a spot through the lottery. And after consideration was denied, now whether or not we agree with that decision, that's, that's really, I think the board can make whatever decision they want for sure. something like that. And then he basically announced that he was going to band at the race because he didn't agree with the board's decision. There's a step in between that where he whined about not getting chosen, okay, um, for special consideration, and that's what he's doing. He's wh- he's whining about that, right? And that's not um, this is who I am. This is my what I've accomplished, and they didn't pick me, right? That's not in the spirit of this sport, right? That's that it was a it was uh, that is that's an attitude, a narcissistic attitude that 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 doesn't belong. Um, and, but you're right. Yeah. And then the board said no. And he said, fine, I'm going to abandon it right. and, and run with my people. And I'm going to run at 5am on Saturday. And this is what I'm doing. And, um, and you know, 
I've got a special connection to this because I... I That's why I, I wanted to ask you about yeah. it because you've been doing a lot of work, especially in the last year with yeah. um, visually impaired athletes and, and you've been doing some guiding yourself. It's a fantastic group of people. I mean, the the, the, the American uh, Blind Athletes Association and, and everything that goes with it are just a fantastic group of people. And this... And Jason's uh, probably the most prominent of them. Jason Romero, who wrote mm-hmm. this, is probably the most prominent. He's a hell of a runner. I mean, he ran across yeah. the freaking United States. He's got a... He, he, he runs visually impaired with a... 240 marathon or something. He's very, very right. accomplished runner, but this was the wrong approach. This was the wrong approach. You don't bandit a race like that. You don't bandit. It's a that's a that's an immature temper tantrum. You don't bandit a race. That puts the that puts the volunteers in an impossible situation if exactly. something were to go were to go wrong. In terms of volunteer, in terms of focusing on that, in terms of liability permitting i mean every every aspect of a race is is in jeopardy when somebody says they're going to abandon it like that now he's not going to he retracted it he oh, stepped back okay. and said he's not going to craig oh, talked to him good and said i'm not going to do that he's going to run it next week or something um right because and he was i think making in a very inelegant way the point that it's a public trail and he can do what he right. wants but don't do that but uh, right That's, i mean like you, you said from a the liability but right you you put the volunteers, the search and rescue, should Everybody. God forbid something go wrong? What, what? They're not beholden to him. He's not entered, and but they're not also not going to ignore him, and that's going to pull resources and away from to a, say a that well, I'm not going to use anything. You're no, using the course markings. You're using air support. You're using exactly right. You're right. using all sorts of stuff. But he's not going to, and that's good. So I commend him for for doing that and for talking to Craig and and, and getting through it. That um, did now did he do himself any favors for when he applies next year for? <laughs> Special consideration? <laughs> no. Right. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But these these types of controversies come up again because yeah. this is this is the Super Bowl of this yeah. sport. I mean, yeah. you know, we had a similar ridiculous controversy last year with at Hard Rock with somebody calling into question the lottery procedures, and you know that became a ridiculous. But because yep. because it's a a decentralized sport where certain races and certain organizations hold a lot of sway and a lot of media attention. These, these are the kind of things that kind of blow up. Yep. And, and as you said, more money is coming into the sport, more sponsor. I mean, I was last year four years ago and the little village outside by the start is probably five times bigger yeah. now in terms of the amount of yeah. people and tents yeah. and, and products and everything else, which is great. But it, you know, it, it does continue to kind of, we, we still see a lot of the growing pains, I think, mm. uh, of the sport and, and a lot of these issues that, you know, are going to continue to pop up as, as the popularity kind of, you know, continues hopefully to grow. I know you've talked a little bit and we'll finish here about kind of the sense that th- is this kind of growth sustainable or are we kind of on the edge of a bubble that's going to burst? What do you think about that? And, and do you think going forward that there are things that kind of we need to think about to ensure that the sport continues to grow in a healthy way? And it doesn't have to be I don't think anyone expects exponential growth indefinitely, and I don't think anyone expects this to be the NBA or the NFL. But I think the the type of growth that we've seen we've seen in the last decade would be nice to kind of continue and kind of bring more people into mm-hmm. the sport. Do we need to make conscious efforts to have that happen? Do you think there's danger of this kind of leveling off or even starting to decline? It's a it's a it's a huge issue and it's a complicated one, but it's one I've thought just a tremendous a tremendous amount. A lot, and I don't want my thoughts to be misunderstood. So I'll do my best to 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 get them crystallized. I want this sport to grow. 
mm-hmm. with every I want everybody to have a fair shot at getting into this at getting into this sport. I don't know why people want to get into the sport, but if they do, <laughs> I want them I want them fair access. I have a very hard time when people say that they that that, that there's these huge barriers to getting in. I just I've 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 run with a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people. I've never heard anybody say I wanted to get in. They wouldn't let me in because I'm old, young, black, white, woman, man, whatever. Right. I, I just, I, have a, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but I just don't see it. I mean, it's easy. And if you doesn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. I understand that argument. I get it. But my focus, my focus at getting this, at, at turning this bubble into an umbrella it's a bad analogy. No, that's it's, well. Is, it may be a bad analogy. It's a wonderful image. I love okay. it. The, the imagery is beautiful. Is is to get is to get kids in it. And and I wrote something a few days ago about about my daughter getting up here and how there is if we want this we want to break down these barriers that mm-hmm. that may be there now maybe they are there now I just don't see them and we want to get more people into the sport and have this sport something in ten years and fifteen twenty years we've got to reach out to 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 younger kids and have them. Swimming, kids start swimming in their three. Gymnastics when they're three. Soccer, softball. I don't know what the hell you guys play on the East Coast. Yeah, field hockey, lacrosse. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But but I mean those start. Soccer. But those start those start really young. Sure. And and running is is so often relegated to to a punishment in gym class or dad does it, but the kids don't do it or whatever it's going to be. And and a lot of it is there's just not races for for kids. There's not a lot of trail right. races for kids. And a lot of it's that there's not gear made for the kids. And there's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Solomon makes some, Ultra makes some, but but overall, there's there's not a lot. And if 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 we have these kids start running now, think of what this is going to look like in ten years. You're going to have twenty year old twenty year olds who have five ten years of experience behind them, right? And um and through growth. And I am hyper aware of 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 putting kids on pedestals or pushing too hard. Or trying to force a passion on somebody, and that's the wrong way to do it. But getting them involved in it and and showing them that there's cool people, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's great role models, and this is a great thing. And the the the, the connection between volunteerism and participation mm-hmm. exists in this sport like no other. You right. know, there's so many great things about it. That's my focus. Mm-hmm. I just have a really hard time um, with with the other supposed barriers i just don't see it i mean you know moms have to stay home and raise the kids i was a stay-at-home dad right okay i i i know how that goes right i i've had a child with complications i understand how that goes right i've had crazy surgeries before i know what it's like right. you know i'm not i know it's not pregnancy but <laughs> but you know i i've i understand those arguments right but um but yeah you're here and yet you've done this and I, my just, name got drawn. Sure. My name got drawn in, in 2008. The 2008 right. lottery was going to be for 20, the 2009 race. And it was, but my daughter was born July 11th. So right after the race, but we're first baby. Is it going to be sure. born early or not? And I said, I can't run. Right. I mean, I just, I returned the email and said, sorry, we're due that week. I can't do it. Right. And I, it, I you know, I, period. <laughs> there's a lot, there's, 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 there's massive issues that, need to be maybe not figured out because perhaps there's not a solution to them, but talked about with both sides understanding each other without getting hysterical and calling each other names. And that's what we've got to do. Um, when we, when we just resort to, to, to yelling, you know, invectives, it, 
that's not what this community is about. No, unfortunately, that's kind of what the country is about right now. So, um, but no, you're right. It's, but it's apply that to running. Apply that to politics. Just right. sit down and listen to each other. People have often well thought out beliefs on either side, and just listen to them and let's figure something out. And right. not everybody's going to be happy about everything. Right. Right. And that's okay. Right. Well, that's as good a place as any to stop. <laughs> probably is. We but, probably. But before I let you go, I have to do the same thing that I do with all my guests, which is you need to give me your Desert Island picks. I know you're a child of the oh, '80s, as am I. We're talking books or music. Desert Island discs. We're talking all of the above. You're going to Desert Island for a year. A year. You're bringing one book, one album, one food or meal or snack or whatever you're going to eat, and one beer. Okay, I'll start with beer. Since I stopped drinking, um, I'm going to go with um, Athletic Brewing Company out of Connecticut. Oh. Um, representing the East Coast over yeah, here. There you go. Um, representing the East Coast with a non-alcoholic beer, hey, I'm going to say. Making but, okay. fantastic. I've, no, I've, making heard you, a, I've heard you talk them up They recently. are. It's a, it's a, I've got no financial interest in the company at all, but I've had their beer and I've got some in the car, and it's it's good. And you can drink like, it in the morning like and have, beer. there's no shame. Morning beers. <laughs> There's no shame to drink a beer in the shower. Um, album. How, how's, how's the how's the lack of alcohol going? There's no problem, sir. I, I mean, I know it's not yeah. a problem. I'm saying, do you no. feel, do you feel good? Do you feel better? Do you notice a difference? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was really hoping there was going to be some weight loss. Right. Give or me like five a light pounds. Bulb was gonna be something. Like... Or yeah, I'm going to feel this like all of this is renewed, you know, right. energy and. No, no, no. I mean, I just feel like I just feel like when I go in the beer aisle, I go, oh, "Look at that! I've never seen that one. That's new." Okay, you know, that's about what it. Right. Um, I if I wanted to drink beer, I would. Right. This isn't a. I'm doing it for any other reason. I just right. don't. Just don't feel the need right now. I have a very I have a very hard time with moderation, mm-hmm. and I admit it. And um, saying I'm only going to drink twice a week or something like that is that's just not me. And I'm in a company of people who struggle with moderation as well. Yes. Um, and we talked about this on my last episode. Okay. Actually. Yeah. I mean the number of either alcoholics or, or, or hardcore current alcoholics or whatever. It's, it's just not something I need to do. I've got a, a history of alcoholism in the family and I'd rather just put the brakes on that now. By the way, Eric's new book, looking at breweries and trail running in California. Yeah. This is not a joke. It's coming out soon, but yeah, well, um, well, um, it's not now. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, really? Well, I can't write that book. No, no, I backed out. Oh yeah, you're too, so you're too principled for your own good. Um, it was gonna be a lot of work. That was gonna be a lot of work. I mean, it sounds fun when I, when I, you start thinking about it. You're like, I'm gonna literally get paid to run to trails beer. and drink beer, and this is just gonna be one awesome tax year because my entire life is gonna be right off. Um, but um, no, I, it'd be really hard with kids. I mean, traveling constantly to, to different breweries. I know. Again, it sounds like tough right, work, Kyle. Want a job? We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hook you up with Eric's publisher. <laughs> you got to run and drink beer. There's a lot more to that. There's there's mapping and there's you know there's there's a lot of that sort of thing. Um, album. Uh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna either go with um, the War on Drugs or I'm gonna go with You Two Joshua Tree Ooh. or I'm gonna go with probably The Supremes Greatest Hits. I love the Supremes. I love your musical taste. Um, it's very eclectic. Uh, I, I, but all three of those have where you can listen to everything. Which every were, single which track. war on drugs? Um, either uh, deeper understanding or 
the one for nine from two years ago. Uh, oh, that yeah, that recent one that came out. I don't know they, the name, but so it's good. Fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're just a goddamn fantastic band. Joshua Tree was a um, great Joshua album. Tree. It's just one of those albums. This song was on that. All these songs were on that album. It's it's unbelievable. Amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, one book. Book. Um, book. You know what? North was fantastic. Yeah, not we that I'd just, read it again. We but were just talking about that before we Scott came. Scott Jurek and Jenny Jurek's book North was fantastic. Yeah, go um, back and listen to Eric's recent interviews. I'm going to say from just a couple months ago, ago. Oh, with uh, with Jenny Jurek, Scott's wife, about their experience and of writing this book and and uh, Scott's very well documented uh, FKT on the Appalachian Trail uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Just a great story. And then food, avocados. Really, just avocados. Just avocado. I'm a California guy. Just going to. Avocados. Okay. Avocados and salt. I figure if I'm on an island, there's going to be salt. Avocados, I'm good. Nice. Tons of avocados. Okay. Healthy fat. I love avocados. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for coming on. It was Thanks for having me, Jay. great to see you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you out on the course tomorrow. I'll see you. I won't see you at the top of the hill. I'll see you out of Forest Hill. We'll stop by um, before we hang around. It'll be a fun one. Everybody else, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And until next time on The Pain Cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in wild wonderment. And ride the bus and feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still young. I was still